Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice, as always, in the opposite corner. And I'm trying to be good. In the opposite corner, my mano y mano, my verbal scoring part. Uh, uh, the 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 butcher of Broad Street, the bully of Broad Street, the babyface assassin. Of that lasted like two minutes. Wow. Two minutes, and ain't, we ain't even been in two minutes. It's been like wow. thirty seconds. Uh, Iron Wildress, Ruff. What's going on, Ruff? I'm here. My skin is luxurious. I'm prepared for your hate. You know what I'm saying? I got I got the beautiful Felicia Rashad with me. Woo, you know what I'm yes, saying? She, yes, she's backing me up. You know what I'm saying? Looking beautiful. I've been, you know, bopping all day. Uh, I'm going to give you your interest. I'm not even going to slander you, sir. You know, I'm not going to chitch how you treat me. Ladies well, and gentlemen. I mean, oh, I, I'm, I'm just telling the truth. Oh, oh, nah, I ain't trying to hear You're calling me the butcher Look. and I ain't butcher nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, here with yeah. me is the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, the man who has the shiniest halo on his head. The voice, voice. You know what it is. Combat Sports Tuesday. It's the main card. How you feeling? Oh man! Uh, outside of a little tickle in my throat, I'm all right. I, I'm oh, wondering. Lord. I'm wondering if that little tickle in your throat is because you had to choose between your two favorite uh, fighters this past weekend, and what was heralded as the greatest fight of all time. I, I know you had on your uh, Jake the Problem Paul T-shirt on. Um, so. Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we you want to address Crispy uh, before we go any further? Uh, Crispy, I'm predicting that Roman Reigns is going to not looking out once and for all, but I feel like it's going to be some kind of shenanigans that happen somewhere in that match. But we already know the Tribal Chief is going to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Sammy Uso going to be there, so so we there. Uh, back to you, sir. Your favorite fighter, Jake the Paul, Jake the Problem Paul, the Problem Child Paul, mm-hmm. uh, faced Anderson Silva this weekend. There was a lot of controversy on that fight. Now, from everything I saw, because I didn't get a chance to see that about, everyone says Anderson Silva controlled the fight literally up until the knockout. However, the knockout that we saw, many people on Twitter were saying Anderson never got hit. So I want to get your thoughts on seeing uh, your, your one and two favorite fighters of all time go at it. And what did you think of the bout? The bout was about as good as it could be based on the circumstances. I mean, the, the best outcome would have been uh, Jake Paul losing, in my opinion. But as I said, when... We were talking about the fight in the leader last time. Jake Paul is probably about the age of one of Anderson's kids. Anderson took a picture with him and his brother when they were kids at a local show. You know, so 
you know, you you you're fighting this person who weight wise is much bigger than you are. This is that cruiserweight. When Anderson fought um, DC on short notice at 205, he weighed in with his keys in his pocket, sweatsuit on, and barely hit 200 pounds. So you're fighting this bigger, stronger, younger man. You should be the underdog. You know, Anderson uh, held his own. He did what he does. Uh, came in first round and, um, you know, was was just feeling him out. Came in that second round, did his thing. I feel like he won the third round as well. I, I think the judges' scorecards were pretty accurate. I had it three rounds to, uh, or I should say, I gave Anderson three rounds. I gave Jake the other five, and then you have to give him credit for the knockdown in the last round. As far as it being shenanigans, that was not shenanigans. That angle was a really bad angle. From that angle, I could see how people felt that way. But if you watch the fight, when it happened, and you saw the punch from the proper angles, no, he got tagged. And then on top of that, he was off balance by that that uh, initial jab, and he came right behind with the uh, right hand. Was it something that really hurt Anderson? No, it was more of a flash knockdown. But it was a knockdown, and it was a legitimate knockdown nonetheless. Those who are talking all that tomfoolery are those who are not going to step in there and do anything, including Dylan Dennis, because uh, Jake has been trying to fight him for a while. been calling him out for quite some time. And Logan. Logan wanted him in, uh, in MMA. And, uh, yeah, shoot, he's losing the bouncers. Uh, uh, Dylan Dennis is, so he just needs to go stay somewhere and be a loser. So I have to ask this. Now, with Many people feeling like Anderson controlled most of the fight at 47 years old. And then Jake, you know, calling out the other great fighters afterwards. Is Jake Paul really prepared to step up to some of these bigger fighters? Or was the fight against Anderson a wake-up call that maybe he's not as ready as he believes he is? He's ready for the people that he's facing. Uh, And the people that he's calling out, maybe with the exception of, of Tommy Fury, which he tried to fight. And was unable to fight because of the mob ties that the Fury family has. And now they can't get into the U.S. So, um, the people he's calling out, because like he called out um, um, Diaz right afterward. And uh, Diaz was not not K-side, ringside, because he wound up getting into it with some of Paul's people in the back and was slapping up somebody and got escorted out of the building which is typical uh, Diaz fashion you know he he cannot attend PFL events now for getting into a wicked beam on, on the same kind of stuff slapped him up uh, no, nobody talks about that that's uh, could be his first L <laughs> yeah they the, so the person apparently that he slapped was uh, the Paul brother's father wow I don't, I don't, I don't speculate. But every video I saw of that that uh, altercation, he said that it was his father that he slapped. I know he slapped somebody in the team. I didn't know that's who it was. It must not have been too bad because Dad was in there. The best birthday gift I ever had. Like I slapped up, and it's the best birthday gift I ever had. Well, thank you, son, for beating somebody my age. 
Well, the spectacle was real. Uh, we, we got to see your two favorite fighters. Jake Paul came in and actually did what he said he was going to do. Uh, so I'm actually eager to see how this plays out. Uh, it was very also interesting to see uh, Paul's comments towards uh, Dana White uh, during the media scrum afterwards. They just don't seem like they're ever going to be able to get along and have dinner with each other. So that's something, uh, a whole nother story that we'll have to cover later. Now, when we come back, uh, we're covering some great things, including uh, UFC Fight Night, uh, David Morrell, and also uh, Dimitri Bivol. So we'll be right back after this sponsorship message from Ozell Brand. It's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. And welcome back. Make sure you get yourself a pair of those Ozell brand joints, man. Them, them colorways are beautiful in this. He's adding more colorways each and every day as we speak. Uh, so let's get into it, boys. UFC Fight Night. Now, uh, in about that was originally set to take place at UFC 280. Um, it'll be taking place this Saturday, November 5th, at the uh, UFC Apex in Nevada. It's going to be a strawweight bout main event. The number three ranked uh, Marina Rodriguez takes on the number seven ranked Amanda Lemos. I'm butchering her name. I know it. <laughs> now, since you, 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 you're not too bad, I, I didn't break out the. Uh, I, I didn't break out. The- <laughs> Or the so I'm not, you're all right. You need to throw those away. That's ridiculous. Now, since making a move to the UFC in 2018, Rodriguez has actually been on quite an impressive uh, streak, going undefeated with a 10 and 0 record. Now, uh, Amanda, on the other hand, is considered by many to be one of the most dangerous fighters in the octagon since her 2017 debut. Now, both fighters are actually coming off of major wins and are looking to win Saturday night and push themselves into title contention in the strawweight division. So, boys, I have to ask, two fighters, number three, number seven, both dangerous individuals, who looks to benefit more from a win here? The hmm, that's a really good question. As far as the greatest benefit, hmm, that that is so difficult for me to to say. I'm going to say it's uh, Marina Rodriguez, or I should say Rodriguez, because she's from uh, Brazil. So those those R's are, are H's. But anyway. Um, I'd say it would be her because of the fact that she is ranked number three overall right now. She, uh, you know, the 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 top of the heap is a little muddy. It'll be a bit clearer once uh, Carla Esparza faces former champion. Uh, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Um, I want to call her Yan Yan Nan, but that's not it. Uh, it it's um, Oh Lord, she just beat Joanna Champion. Uh Magnum, Magnum, that's her name. That's her uh nickname at least. Um they're going to be fighting soon. And when they do, that will help to clear things up. You still got Rose Nama Eunice out there. So, you know, she she still uh looms very, very much so over the division as far as uh who else gets a shot. Let 
both of these fighters in order to stay in contention need the win but for uh Rodriguez she should be on a short list because she has only lost once in her professional career uh, and that was to the current champion Carla Esparza and that was a split decision loss so if she's able to win uh, the likelihood of being able to face Carla Esparza if she's victorious which we'll talk about that fight whenever that comes up but if she's victorious that really puts her on a short list uh, whereas Lemos being at the rank that she is currently she would have to win a couple more fights to be in contention for the title but really this is more of an eliminator for uh Rodriguez than anything okay okay well they definitely uh come into this fight uh ready and prepared they spoke very glowingly about one another but they both also stated that they are literally looking to take this fight and use a win to literally push them to the top of the rankings and and real quickly uh her name just came back to me i don't know why it escaped me before but uh jean way lee is uh the the person that'll be facing as far as for the championship i want to say um either the i think the last card of the year uh in december awesome now you now one thing that i, I did hear you saying and you stated that uh that amanda even if she won it would take a few more fights for her with but with marina being number three wouldn't that kind of ca- uh catapult her over top of, of everyone else it would move her up the issue uh that lemos has though are the people that she's lost to she lost to um jessica andraj recently and andraj is like number two you know or number four somewhere in there so it will boost her up but it's not gonna take her that far she may uh jump mckenzie dern who i believe is at like five but i don't think that she will move that much further up okay well, it's definitely going to be uh, something to look looking forward to in the strawweight division. Uh, that's going to be Saturday night, uh, November 5th in the UFC Apex. Make sure you tune in. Now, moving on to another fight <laughs> this Saturday. Now, this one is going to have a lot of fireworks behind it, especially when you consider that both men seem to be on a collision course uh, for Benavidez, apparently. Now, on Saturday at the Armory in Minneapolis, uh, two undefeated fighters, David Morrell Jr. and I'm going to butcher it. Aidos. Aidos. I I will stick with Aidos, but go ahead. You can try it. Your your boss in Nelly. Okay. Not not too bad. Now, I I know. I'll be practicing for y'all. I watched the video for about a good 30 minutes, referring to the name. Sometimes I still don't get it. Uh, (laughs) These two fighters are planning to battle it out in a 12 round main event of super middle heavyweights. Now, I'm sorry, of super middleweights. Now, both fighters. I, I, think I couldn't get to the to this fast enough. <laughs> you got it. I ain't even worried about it. Now, while both fighters stated that they are focused on the battle between them, they also may be slightly more bo- motivated as the winner looks to set up a major bout with former super middleweight David Benavidez. Now, David Morrell actually had originally hoped to set up a fight with Benavidez after both of their last bouts. But he was actually forced to take on the mandatory challenger uh, in Ados for his WBA uh, super middleweight title. Now, 
Enos apparently sees it slightly different. He's actually looking to use this fight as a way to prove himself for bigger bouts. And he said it. Everybody wants to fight Canelo for the for the payday. After David Morrell Jr., I plan to win, but I also like to fight David Benavidez next. I want to prove myself and then make the fight with Canelo. Boys, it's two undefeated fighters. They both seem to be slightly looking past each other as if this is just going to be some type of cakewalk. What are we looking forward to seeing here, and who would be the better challenger next for Benavidez? The better challenger next. I'll take the last question first. Uh, the better challenger next for Benavidez would be Caleb Plant. Um, that's the fight that most people want to see. Uh, that is a fight that could have been made quite a while ago. And with plants uh, planting, pun, uh, you know, pardon the pun, of Durrell, that's a fight that really could and should be made. Speaking of Durrell, uh, both he and former champion Julian J. Rock Williams are fighting on the undercard of this fight as well as uh jason banana rosario but i digress as far as what to see in this fight i expect all out action uh between both of these fighters uh though combined they have what, a little low or close to about 25 fights 23 uh, 23 23 what? fights and 17 knockouts between them that's what i was getting to was the 17 knockouts um you know though morel has only has seven fights six of them have been knockouts where aidos has knocked out 11 of the 16 opponents that he's faced so i expect fireworks i expect them to be swinging and banging and throwing them blows and them bungalows and whatever other kind of cliche you want to say for people punching each other very hard insert here that's what i expect um i'm really excited to see how things turn out between these two fighters because again there's not a lot of information out there on them morel has been fighting or i should say he has uh an excellent pedigree coming from cuba and uh you know fighting since he was like 12 years old so you know he, he's got that behind him you know that excellent cuban system uh that he's been through and they come to the u.s excuse me I, I expect to see really really good things out of him what he does have that you don't normally see from fighters in that region are the knockouts most cuban fighters are, are very very technically sound but you don't get a whole lot of knockouts granted he's only you know seven or so fights into his career but even being seven fights into his career you know he's kind of taking the loma route where he's already a titleist i won't say a champion because he's not a champion the undisputed champion is canelo alvarez but he is a titleist uh with the wba he's got the regular title but to have that so quickly says a lot about his skills uh and then he's going up against a very, very talented, undefeated striker, the man from Kazakhstan. Uh, you know, it, it, so that put together just makes for a fight that you want to see. Yeah, both fighters are, are hungry. The one thing I like about Morel is he does not seem to be wanting to wait at the end of the line. 
uh, Benavidez actually went on record as saying, hey, nobody wants to fight me. You know, I'm running through everybody. And Morel literally during his media scrum uh, with Edo said, listen, if, if he wants to fight, I'm here. Let's do it. And he even stated, listen, I tried to make the fight before. And, you know, I was forced into this fight. So he said he's not well, over more than fight. forced. But yeah. go, go ahead. I, I, I got uh, I got a little little information about all that. But go ahead. I mean, he said he's not overlooking the fight, but it already seems like, you know, the entire time he was speaking to the media that he was already on Benavidez while he was totally focusing on this fight. So, well, he's going to be uh, focused on Benavidez for a while, because like I said, um, he's as far as him fighting Benavidez, it's not necessarily Benavidez's side. It's his side. His trainer, uh, the legendary Buddy McGirt, was like, boy, I love that energy. Keep that energy. You're going to need to keep it for a while because you are not ready. <laughs> You're only a handful of fights in. And I know you got this, this title. And the, the man is 24 years old. Uh, we've all, uh, if you're past 24, then you've been 24 in your life. And if you got two or three years or so past 24, you realize that you think you have it all. You still feel invincible. You're at your physical peak. You're starting to understand things in the world. And you just think that, hey, I, I got it. That's why you need wise people in your corner to say, hold, hold on, look, look, little young whippersnapper. I was talking to my daughter today. Uh, via text message about the uh, poisons and the pens and stuff and candy. I was like, baby, they've been doing this since <laughs> I was like eight years old. So Social media has allowed this stuff to kind of be seen more, but this ain't new. So yeah. she was like, well, I agree, but I don't agree. It's like, okay, again, <laughs> 25, you think you know it all, but you don't. You need somebody with some wisdom there and then you get a little older you realize I don't know it all. At 24, uh, my skin was still luxurious, but my knees were better. Uh, I was running like a, a, a five-something 40. Um, mm. You know, I wasn't as fluffy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I used to play sports. And I was wanting to to, to marry Nia Long at 24. And I, I didn't have Nia Long marry money. So you're right. We all need somebody to, to put us in our place because the, the good Lord did. Anyway, uh bad flashbacks <laughs> moving forward um in the voices marquee matchup see this is what you need to sound for. is that the sound no see this is what you need to sound for when i announce the voices marquee matchup you need one of those okay we need, we need an explosion because this is just the the bomb fight I mean, I ain't gonna say the bomb fight, but I guess. Um, <laughs> in an attempt to become champion in an additional weight class, the undisputed welterweight champion Jessica McCaskill will be looking to step down when she faces WBC and IBF junior welterweight champion Chantel Cam uh, Cameron on November 5th in Abu Dhabi. Now, Cameron, meanwhile, is far from intimidated. As a matter of fact, um, when you look at a lot of media coverage on this bout, for some reason, many people are overlooking Cameron, who is a, 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 a two-belt champion, also 16-0. Now, the undefeated fighter literally stated that she believes that she's the better fighter of the two. She said that uh, Jessica McCaskill can adapt, whereas I can adapt. My IQ is better. I think I'm tough. I'm game. I'm powerful. And I'm sharper. I genuinely think I can beat her in every single department. So, Voice, I know you made this the marquee matchup. 
I know you got some amazing things to tell us about it as to why, but what are your thoughts on Cameron's comments and on many people overlooking her as a challenger to McCaskill? I think where the rubber meets the road as far as her statements are concerned is that one, she has more professional bouts than does McCaskill. Uh, she has 16. McCaskill only has 14. McCaskill has been beaten before, whereas uh, Chantel Cameron is undefeated. Uh, something that we talked about off air in the lead up to this is that uh, as far as taking her lightly, you really shouldn't take her lightly. because She's knocked out half the people that she's fought which for women that's a pretty high percentage as far as a knockout ratio ratio is concerned here's where things uh here's where looking over her can kind of come in she's done all those things you know everything that i said she definitely has accomplished but against who I mean, she she really, you know, when you look at her record and the people that she's faced, I don't know any of these names. <laughs> I, I don't, I, not one of them do I know. So, yeah, you you did all this, but against who? Whereas McCaskill, she's been fighting the best of the best. Does she have losses? Yes, but let's see who are those losses too. Uh, she's lost in championship bouts for the most part. Uh, she lost to uh, um, Katona Fisher. That won a championship bout. That was like her second fight. It was a four-round fight, and it was a split decision loss. Okay, you know, sometimes early on you get caught and things happen, you know, or, or you think you got the proper game plan, you don't. It's a four-round fight. Remember that women only fight too many rounds, so it was a pretty quick affair. And you lost by split decision, so it wasn't like you didn't do your thing. You just didn't do enough to get enough of the judges on your side. The other time she lost was in her seventh professional bout against who? Katie Taylor. Name one person who has left the ring with Katie Taylor and their record was better than they stepped in. I can tell you how many people have done that. None. Everyone that stepped out of the uh, ring with Katie Taylor, their record, though they made uh, not necessarily what happened in the fight, but their record uh, did not go up. Uh, stepping out may have stayed the same or went down, but never up. So you, you can't really fault her there. She is the one who broke Cecilia Brake, who's, whose name I could not remember. Uh, last week, she's the one who broke her like phenomenal record. Cecilia Brakus was 36 and old before she faced McCaskill. And McCaskill got her. They were like, yeah, that was kind of close. You know, it was a majority decision. Let's run it back. So McCaskill said, all right, let's run it back. Immediately went back in. And this time, there was no doubt. Unanimous decision victory. So, um, from McCaskill's perspective, I can see her overlooking her a bit, and this is why, but you never want to overlook someone who has that many knockouts on their record. Kind of talked about this a little bit last week with the um, Jojo Diaz and uh, uh, Ramirez fight. And we see what happened there. I think, uh, yeah, I forget old boy's name, but he won, and he won decisively. So you can't overlook people, especially people who have a lot of knockouts on their record. There's a reason that that's the case. 
Now, interesting that you actually brought up Katie Taylor. Um, Katie Taylor actually recently stated in an interview that she will be watching uh, this bout as she is possibly looking to go down to fight the winner of this bout. Mm-hmm. So, as, as she should uh, look to do all those things. I mean, Katie Taylor, uh, actually, she has to come up. She's fighting at 135 now. Uh, yeah. They're fighting at uh, Super Light. And it's not that McCaskill's never fought a Super Light. She's been a champion of Super Light before, but this is an opportunity for her to make history by being an undisputed champion at two different weight classes at the same time. Well, it's going to be a tremendous fight, especially considering the fact that uh, Cameron's been overlooked. And this is actually already on a stacked card, and this is going to be a part of the Dimitri Bivol Zero uh, Zerto Rod uh, Ramirez uh, bout, which everyone is looking forward to. Now, this bout has become more and more personal uh, during the lead leadoff. Now, Dimitri Bivol is actually going to be defending his WBA lightweight heavyweight title uh, against mandatory challenger Gilberto Zerto okay, Rod. Let's go back. What I what said, Gilberto? No, the title. Yeah. It said the WBA light heavyweight world title. Okay. You said lightweight heavyweight, which is why I said, hold on. I Listen, can't let that one go. I don't I don't think I said that, but yeah, I'm well, not going to ask you. Hey, go, go run the tape. Run the Listen, tape. Listen, uh, when it's you, all said and done. You run the tape this late in the game. I just feel like, you know, that's not the Lord's work. You know what I, I mean? I said when it's all said and done. That's not the Because right? the, the Lord's work, when it's all said and done, is that we will stand before oh, the judge of, of all of our deeds. Listen, sir. So I'm asking, I, Lord, if I'm doing anything wrong, I'm calling out uh, the butcher of Broad Street, then please forgive me now. I say So these, that it goes before me. I say these, these uh, men and women's names every week. You know what I'm saying? It's like 50,000 uh, syllables to them. You get to do the easy part and talk about, you know what I'm saying, your love for it and everything else. I do the hard work. I deserve I told, look, I told extra grace here. We can, we, can, uh, we, can, we can change that. So I don't want to hear these excuses. To, the people ain't trying to see that. The people ain't trying to see that anyway, sir. Anyway, now the two fighters uh, have actually gone back and forth in the media with B-Wall recently stating that he's ready to shut Ramirez up after the challenger has stated on a few occasions that B-Wall has been, and I quote, ducking a fight against him for a long, long time. Now, not only has Ramirez talked of being avoided by B-Wall, but he also mentioned wanting to avenge uh, the uh, bout against Canelo Alvarez uh, in Mexico uh, by beating Dimitri. Now, both fighters are coming into this bout undefeated, looking to make a permanent statement, and it feels completely personal. Voice, which should we be looking forward to in, in, in this bout? And how, how, how angry should Ramirez truly be going into this, or is he just working himself up? Zerto is working himself up there's nothing to be upset about um does he train with canelo i don't think so now if he did i could see uh that being the case but to my knowledge uh i haven't heard that he is in his camp um yeah and and if he is in his camp then he actually should probably be happy (laughs) because he has a chance uh to win some titles now where he didn't before um so should he be upset no i think he's like doing the most and trying to get himself 
worked up for this fight because it is the biggest fight of his career he's had fights against uh people like uh angulo he's had fights against uh um uh sullivan barrera and the like but he's never faced anyone quite like uh um uh dimitri bivol and though he's been a champion in the past these fights or i should say th- this fight is at a heavier weight than what he has held belts at you know he, he just decided hey i need to challenge myself you know i'm gonna step my game up and i'm going to fight at a heavier weight because i'm looking to become uh the, the best that i can be so yeah i i i expect him to bring everything that he can bring the fact that he's got to kind of manufacture um uh, uh some motivation is concerning I mean, the, you, you should be motivated enough to keep your O and to beat uh, the best light heavyweight that's out there. Out n- now, like I said, trying to motivate, or I should say, manufacture something. It's like, eh, if he's doing it for clout chasing, that's even worse. Well, I personally think when when listening to them when listening to them both fight it seems like like you said ramirez is trying to work himself up because like i said this is the biggest fight of of his career but b-ball just seems to be on a different level right now he seemed to be completely focused he did not seem to be uh as worked up as ramirez and he looks like he's coming into abu dhabi to do a job and leave out making a statement so it's going to be a great fight uh you well, just- hold on before you move forward mm-hmm. Think about it. Bivol just had the biggest fight of his career against Canelo and came out smelling like roses. He should be coming into this one with a lot less uh, pressure and things of that nature because even though Zerto has been a champion at 168 before, Bivol is acting like I've been here before. Right. <laughs> and Zerto is not. So, so let me ask you one last question before we before we wrap it up. With what Ramirez brings into the fight, if B-Ball comes in and he completely outclasses Ramirez, where does B-Ball go next? B- if B-Ball does what he does, um, I know Canelo has talked about, hey, I want to come back to uh, 170. Five and, and fight again. I know there was a rematch clause in there. I think the fact that he took the fight against Triple G and that uh, Bivol's taking this fight kind of uh, nixes that piece of things. If he, or I should say, next up for him should be uh, the 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 other man at 175. You know, let's do a unification bout with uh, Artur Baturbiev. That's a fight that I've been wanting to see for some years now. Uh, it has definitely marinated and simmered and would be absolutely off the everything, off the meter, off the chain, blockbuster, whatever superlative you want to add. That's what it would be. Mm, okay. Well, 
we thank you for definitely joining us this week. Uh, not a, a huge slate of fights, but we're getting you prepared for an amazing weekend. Make sure you tune into all those fights and make sure that you also check out our website, uh, MTMV Sports. We bring you everything that you need. We've got basketball, we've got boxing, we've got football, we've got predictions. Uh, We've even got articles now on our website with some amazing people writing some great things about what they're passionate about. Make sure you check out the Ozell brand and make sure you come back here every Tuesday, 7.15. Sometimes we start early. Sometimes when voice is just out of it, we may start five minutes late. I'm never the person that's late, okay? All right? But make sure that you continue to join us every Tuesday. The main card, me, uh, your man Will, just the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the voice, voice, Take us out, sir. As always, until next time, fight the good fight. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.